All right, and welcome into the Oklahoma Sports Podcast. We are the little podcast on the prairie. I am Jared, and I've got Chase here with me. What's good, J-Mac? Oh, man, I'm chilling hard. We're doing a new thing. We are doing audio only today. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. We actually can wear headphones and I can hear my own voice. Uh, makes it maybe a little easier to talk. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. Get to kick back on the couch. Can't really complain. Yeah, yeah. We're chilling in my house now. We're in our comforts of a home. We're on a soft couch. we got a nice little uh, gas fireplace, gas stove right next to us. It's chirping along nicely in the cold weather here tonight. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit OU today. Are you excited about that or what? Yeah, I'm super excited. Had a really good win against West Virginia. Had an amazing win over the uh, little Thanksgiving break, if you will, on Friday night. Oklahoma just doing a great job. We had a blast watching OU play West Virginia. OU winning 59-56. to Just a thriller. One of those classic games that I think we're really going to remember, honestly. I'm joking a little bit, obviously, but we're going to remember <laughs> this one for a long time, I think. It, it was one of those fun OU games to watch. Yeah, I had a blast watching, just watching the game go back and forth and back and forth. And, you know, for as much defense as they said wasn't played, you had some stops and, and you had you had some defensive scores. So it ended up being a really fun game to watch. I think both teams combined for like four turnovers, 14 points on defense, uh, several stops and punts. Not a whole lot of punts. Obviously, it's uh, over 100 yards or 100 points combined uh, between these two teams. I'm just kind of going over the team stats really quickly. West Virginia just over 700 yards and, and OU at 668 yards, which is kind of amazing that OU can be kind of that's even an efficient stat in itself that they scored 59 points, uh, you know, with less yards than their opponent. The defense doing an amazing job of forcing third downs. Yeah, yeah, they did a great job. And, and you know, what I've come to to be used to with an OU team is is seeing them win, you know, big or put up these these great amount of points while losing the time of possession battle, which is strange. You don't really see that a lot with great teams, but with this high-powered and high-octane offense, you, you've come to get used to it just because they score so quickly. Yeah, and the weird thing is, too, a lot of these games this season in particular, I don't really talking about last season much, but this season they've won the, the time of possession battle, which previously, you know, a lot of OU fans have deemed the time of possession battle doesn't really matter because we're still winning games and we're losing time of possession. Well, this season they had won time of possession a lot of times. They didn't win it in this game uh, just under, uh, well, 28-07 for OU and 31-53 for West Virginia. So, oh, you not winning that time of possession battle, but obviously winning the bigger battle, which is the game itself. Yeah, yeah, you always want to put more points up than the other team. It's it's literally how you win a ball game. That was gonna jump me right <laughs> into my first point uh, about this. Listen, you can sit here and complain and complain and complain about OU's defense, and listen, I want and Chase wants the defense to be better. Believe us, but the point of football, literally, the point is to score more points than the other team. That's how you get a W. Whatever team finishes the game with more points then the other team scored is going to be the winner. It's always the team that scores more points. Yep. That's how it works. I will always favor, and everyone should always favor, a better offense over a better defense. It's just what wins games. Points wins games. Yeah, and you've just gotten used to the sub-500 junior high coaches telling you defense wins championships. Right. And so that's just the moniker now. Anytime you see a bad defense and a high-octane <laughs> offense, you just think, oh, they, that can't last. They can't do that four quarters. They can't do that 12 games out of the year. They can't win a championship doing that. And thank goodness the uh, college football playoff committee sees it the way we do. Uh, we'll get into this later, but OU ranked at number five shows that they they value OU's offense overall. And 
honestly, we'll again we'll talk about this later. But Ohio State's defense isn't much better than OU's. But anyways, it's just cool to see the the uh, playoff committee really value OU's offense and really see it for what it is, which is just a dynamic force that's carried them through the Big Twelve, and and they've got a shot at their fourth straight uh, Big Twelve championship. Yeah, and and again, like it's it's just it's so hard to stop. Because, again, it's another game where they, I believe they rushed and passed for over 300 yards, which shouldn't become the norm for a team. But for a team like OU, it feels like the last half of the season, that's what it's become. Yeah, that's sort of what, what we've been working with. And and, and I kind of want to talk first about OU's defense, Chase. And, and yeah. I know that seems weird because we've been talking about numbers. OU's defense scored 14 points uh, against this West Virginia team. OU's defense scored that many yeah. points. Uh, Caleb Kelly getting a huge one. We actually had a sound clip um set up but i wasn't able to get that on the podcast today but uh caleb kelly strip sacking will greer in the first half of the game for a touchdown OU was up seven in a game like you said where it was back and forth back and forth that put up OU up 14 which is their biggest lead of the game at to, up to that point amazing play by caleb kelly if you go back and watch that game as in again in the second quarter caleb kelly just destroys the uh, left tackle for west virginia yeah. and strip sacks will greer all by himself also scoops the ball up and goes scores amazing uh individual play by caleb kelly yeah he's looked more and more confident as the season went on you know to start the season there was a lot of, a lot of rumors that you know his shoulder he had surgery in the offseason and and that's why uh, buzzy bolton was getting to play ahead of him but you know, he's really gained confidence and, and they've realized that they just need speed at that linebacker's position. And he really, he really does that for that team. And again, he was able to make that play, the strip sack, get right back up, force the fumble and then, and then take it into the house. Yeah, it was awesome. And I want to do this real quick before all the OU fans start uh, downvoting this, uh, <laughs> this podcast, because yeah, Caleb Kelly did get burned on a couple touchdowns, but here's the deal. He's guarding wide receivers one-on-one. He's a linebacker. When have you ever seen a linebacker try to cover multiple times good wide receivers in the slot? That just doesn't happen in the NFL. You'll see a safety, maybe. You'll see a linebacker cover a running back, but you'll never see a linebacker trying to cover a wide receiver. Caleb Kelly at least got burned, I think, twice on just go routes, but what do you expect Caleb Kelly to do? He's right. a linebacker. You can't get too mad at him. You got to start thinking, okay, we've got Broyles out. We've got Houghton out. We've got Parker out. We're way down on, on safeties, and that's part of the reason that Caleb Kelly is trying to guard uh, these these inside slot guys for West Virginia. Yeah, and, and I think West Virginia did a good job identifying that because, because they had a few times down on the field where, like you said, Caleb Kelly would end up, instead of being matched up with like their third or fourth receiver or tight end, he was somehow matched up with, with Sills, you know, West Virginia's best wide receiver on the field. I think there was a real big th- play on third down. He comes across the middle for a crossing route, and Caleb Kelly's trying to stay with them. But when that guy's going to go play on Sundays, play in the NFL, he's clearly an NFL wide receiver. It's hard to keep up with a guy like that. Yeah, you can't ask for one of your linebackers, and it's not even one of your you know original starter linebackers from the first of the season to cover a guy that's probably going to play on Sundays multiple times now if that happens once or twice it's great you made a great point chase you got to give credit to west virginia for getting into those matchups they did an amazing job of just kind of knowing where ou was gonna be and getting them in those positions they said okay they left all three linebackers in the game and they don't have enough guys to cover these guys and have a deep safe deep safety so let's run this play where we put sills in the slot he's gonna most likely get a matchup with one of these ou linebackers or he's gonna be wide open one of those two things and they just ran a streak Credit goes to them. That's a big point I want to make here. Guys, people are freaking out about this OU defense. I've, I've already made the point that the point of the game is to score more points than the opponent. But number two, these are good offensive teams that OU's facing. This isn't 
stinking Vandy and Indiana every week that these Big Ten and SEC teams are playing. These are good teams that that are capable of scoring a lot of points. A lot of people want to harp on the Kansas game. Oh, you gave up 40 to Kansas. Kansas scored 23 of those points in garbage time in the fourth quarter. We're getting a really spun up on this whole narrative. Yes, OU's not a very good defensive team. Absolutely. Are they one of the worst teams in the whole country? No. They're not great. Again, I'll say it again. But they're not just like some no-name. They can't stop anybody at any point in the game, and they're just going to give up 100 points and have to hope the offense scores 101. That's just a, a broken narrative that ESPN and other guys have pushed so hard. We're at this crazy point now where people just think it's the worst Power 5 defense. Yeah, and, you know, they're... I highly doubt that it is. Again, I haven't looked through numbers. I'm not going to go through stats and stats and stats comparing OU's well, defense. Well, the, the to, numbers the numbers would tell you that it is one of the worst defenses. Yeah. But 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 you have to understand game situations like the Kansas game, for example. They scored 23 points in the fourth quarter. That's more than half of their total points in a game. OU's up, you know, nearly 30 something points when those points happen. Who can like? Are we really going to count that against them? Yeah. And so that's kind of where I'm at. No, no, I hear you. And and I, and I agree to an extent. We know that the defense has to get better. It's just it feels like that narrative has been pushed so much and pushed so far that it's become, well, this defense isn't great, but it does what it needs to do to get a win. To this defense is abysmally bad, one of the worst defenses we've ever seen. And it just seems like that that narrative has just jumped so immensely from the beginning of the season. You know, for whatever reason, whether it's been, you know, media outlets pushing it or or maybe even certain other teams, you know, seeing it and, and thinking, well, we can get a push in the college football rankings if we if we kind of point out, which everyone has now, just how deficient that OU defense is. And quite honestly, if, if they're going to to continue on, if they're going to win the Big 12, if they're going to make the playoff, if they're going to win a national championship, the defense is going to have to play. You know, similar to what it did against West Virginia. Now you say that because they gave up 56 points, but they got some crucial stops. They had 14 points, you know, from the defense. And and I don't mean to toot my own horn, but if you listen to the last podcast, <laughs> I said that the linebackers are going to be key in a, in a win for OU. And lo and behold, in the first half, Caleb Kelly with a huge strip sack recovers it for a touchdown. In the second half, Buzzy Bolton, another linebacker, recovers a fumble into the end zone. So if that linebacking core can play like it has, the defense is looking good. They forced, I think, 18 third downs for West Virginia. West Virginia converted on 12 of those, but it's a step in the right direction. Absolutely, yeah. And here's my thing about the third downs. You can you can whine and cry about OU on third down. Listen, these teams are making good – a lot of those are good plays on third down. They're contested throws. Uh, West Virginia got bailed out a couple times on third down and fourth down with pass interference calls that we just absolutely disagreed with. Ridiculous calls where both guys were engaged. In fact, several of those, the offensive guy would engage the defensive guy first, and they were still getting pass interference calls. Really difficult situation for a DB to play in. So we just want to cover those things. And, and, and before we before we move on, I do want to cover some of the offense because the yeah, offense definitely. is unreal. Kyler Murray had four total touchdowns, uh, 364 yards passing, 114 yards rushing. Insane. Uh, he did great. Kennedy Brooks, another great game. We called him early on in the season. We've yes. been nailing these takes. I will say I thought West Virginia was going to win this game. I thought they would just make one or two plays that were just enough. And unfortunately for them, they were one or two plays away. I am obviously very happy because OU <laughs> yes. won. But they were one or two plays away from really making that game. But let's cover the offense. Marquise Brown, 11 <laughs> catches, 243 yards, two touchdowns. Looks like he's healthy, Chase. Yeah, it looks like he's he's finally finally back to where he was to start the season. You know, he got a little banged up. He was hurt throughout, you know, the Texas Tech, the OSU, those games. And for the most part, I feel like he was used as, as somewhat of a decoy. He'd have, you know, four or five catches. 
but he didn't have that home run ball because I think they were just using him as a decoy to get that safety over the top to really bracket him and look at him to open up kind of the, the mid-range throws for Kyler, but he looked amazing. Maybe it was because Antonio Brown, his cousin, was in the crowd just dripping with, with the best fit I've seen all year. I was going to say, I saw a comment that said that Antonio Brown was standing there looking like a full bottle of Crown Royal. <laughs> <laughs> he had like a velvet purple suit thing on. They said he looked like a bottle of Crown Royal, which I thought was really funny. That's the most expensive bottle of Crown Royal I've ever seen. Yeah, so again, I, I think the emergence of Marquise Brown is going to be amazing uh, for this OU offense. It was already good, and it was doing that without uh, Marquise Brown seemingly at 100%. So now that he can run the way we saw him run early in the season, I think Texas is in a lot of trouble. Let's transition to the Texas game. Uh, one of the things Riley said going in is is that when they played Texas the first time, that week coming up to practice, they had a very physical practice. Marquise Brown was a bit banged up in that practice. That's when his little injuries had started was in practice. Now he's looking like 100%. I'll tell you what, he had a great game against Texas the first time. If he's 100% this time and he wasn't last time, Texas is in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I just think they're in a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble period, just because the energy that's going to be in there. You know, it, it's going to be in, in Jerry World. You know, it's not at the Cotton Bowl. It's a different venue, same team. First time these teams have played twice in a season since, what we say, 1903? We saw the yeah, numbers, which like is that. crazy. But OU's going to be out for blood. They're looking for revenge. They're looking for a key win because, you know, where they're ranked in the college football playoff, which we'll get into a little bit later. But they're going to come in on fire. They don't want to lose to this team twice. No, and I, and I don't think we're going to see it. I'm really excited before we make our predictions. I I, I think this is going to be one of those statement games OU always comes into. Of course, this, this game will actually be played December 1st, but we've seen so many of these statements made by OU, you know, late, late November, early December. This is going to be what I think is going to be one of those games. Um, I'll just get into it because there's not a whole lot to talk yeah. about. We've already played Texas once, so we kind of know what they are. I think OU's going to whoop up on Texas. I think we're going to see OU win by at least 10. I think it's more like 14 or 17. I think OU's going to make those plays. We saw plays in late in the West Virginia game. Uh, Delaney and Turner, Turner yell, a uh, safety, a freshman. He looked good thrown in the fire. He looked good thrown in the fire. He The play I want to highlight, though, is is one that OU was up, I want to say, 10. West Virginia's trying to drive. Will Greer throws a terrible ball, one of his about seven or eight that just got he got bailed out on in that game and it falls right into Turner Yell's hands and he drops it and he was really upset on the sidelines you know another dropped interception for this OU team but if he makes that the game's over yeah and that's and it's probably a double digit win if, if he does unfortunately it's only a three-point win but I think at some point OU is going to start making those plays and I think this is the perfect opportunity for them to do it. Sam Ellinger's coming into this game with an injured shoulder. He uh, didn't finish the game before last with with a hit. And then I was listening to one of their beat writers talk today, and they said in that Kansas game, which they only won by seven points, yep. in that Kansas game that they won 24-17, to Ellinger took another big hit on his shoulder, and they were saying even in practice you could see him really trying to work it out, trying to get it. So that's something that OE's going to look at because Ellinger killed them not just running the ball, which he's going to do less if his shoulder's hurt, yeah. but throwing the ball, which he's going to do less because his shoulder's hurt. I think OU's going to smell blood in the water, and I think they're going to dominate this Texas team. Yeah, I completely agree. I think if you want to equivocate it to a game that OU's played this year, look at the OU-TCU game. Yep. I think OU's going to jump on them early. I think, obviously, any good team. I mean, Texas is a good team. They're, yeah, they're, let's, they're, let's get that out they're there. Good. They're good. Tom Herman has, has coached these guys up pretty well. Regardless of, of what you think of Ellinger, he is a gamer. You know, he's going to come out regardless if he's hurt or not. He's going to give it his all. 
but I'm going to compare it to that TCU game where OU jumped out big early, TCU kind of made a run, and then OU just kind of took back momentum, you know, near the half and, and just and just just really coasted till the end. And, and I can see OU putting up 50 or 60, you know, pretty easy. I mean, they put up 45 in a loss. You know, a loss in which they didn't play that great offensively. Yeah, had had turnovers, had some miscues, you know, false starts. That was really the first game you saw this offensive line to really start to get a push. Now, a key for me, I think, is going to be whether or not Trey Sermon is a hundred percent. Yeah, I think I think that'll be big if he can even give you ten to fifteen touches in the game. It's huge because you saw some, and I guess I want to say in that in the Kansas game. You saw some that uh, that that Kennedy Brooks just got gassed because he's he was yeah he they was. were giving him the ball trying to run clock and and so if, if he can get if he can get anywhere to ten to fifteen touches and kind of be that 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 bruiser that that short yardage that kind of change of pace back that he's been in years past like not years past because he's only a sophomore but last year I think that'll be crucial for this Oklahoma offense yeah and he had five carries last game which is a lot more than the game before last. I think he's getting healthier and healthier uh, for sure. So I think we will see some sermon. Obviously, I think Brooks now they just feel like is their number one back. We've been saying that since basically the first couple carries that we saw him yeah. get. You're going to see that big playability that he has. And and also, he had an amazing run, which we almost forgot to mention against West Virginia. He got hit right at the line of scrimmage uh, by what I think I'm pretty sure it was a linebacker. Now, West Virginia's linebacker. linebackers are really small, so it's hard to tell. But he plowed through that guy and ended up getting about 15 yards off of a play that was dead at the line of scrimmage he just ran him right over so he's got more power than you think but you're right when they have both guys going they can keep those guys fresher keep keep uh, texas's offense off the field which when texas's offense doesn't have rhythm like they did in that kansas game they look horrible they only yeah. scored 24 points against kansas yeah and, and, and you're right if that if that offense which you know i don't ask a lot of OU's offense because I know it's great. I know they're going to put points up. I think I feel like the last thing I should be doing is critiquing and asking them to use more clock because they are running the ball a lot. Yeah. You know, they are they are trying to to be balanced in the way that they call plays, which, you know, any great offense is. But when this offensive line's getting the push that it is, if you're running off tackle or or running some sort of inside zone and there's a gap for a freight train to drive through and you can get to the end zone, do it. Yeah, do it. And and you brought up a funny point. And, and we're gonna we're gonna finish up the Texas talk here. But I saw a guy, one of the guys, tweet. He's kind of an OU writer, and he was really upset that Kennedy Brooks scored on one of those runs up the middle. He said, "You guys got to run clock." And I said, "It's a it's a run up the middle. Do you want him to take a knee at, when he gets? T- you can't ask a running back to do that, especially so, in a close game. When they break a big run like that, just be happy they're trying to run the ball." Um, that's what I've tried to do this year, and I've had a lot of fun watching OU. So hopefully we'll have a lot of fun watching them in the Big 12 Championship. Of course, that game is at 11 a.m. our time, Central Time. But uh, we're still going to have a blast regardless. Yeah, yeah, going to have a good time. Hopefully, you know, come out with a big win, and and, and OU can hopefully get a look and, and see if, if they can make it into the uh, to National Championship to the playoff. So I want to do, you know, just a, a bit of the uh, college football playoff rankings. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Real quick, did you have any thoughts? We just saw that today uh, as of um, this is a Tuesday night when we're recording. Did you have any big thoughts? Um, No, not really. The only the big thoughts for me, again, it's I just see a lot of SEC at the top and I don't mean to harp on it and don't want to be, you know, biased, you know, against the SEC yeah. because you hear it just a, a ton. But but having LSU and Florida, I believe both still in the top 10. It, it worries me in the sense that if Georgia plays Alabama close, yeah, all of a sudden their losses are against 
top 10 teams. Right. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, they still deserve to be in the playoff. And then you got some teams on the outside looking in. That's that's my biggest worry out of it. You still, I, I thought Texas was a bit underranked. Um, yeah. Would have liked to have seen Army ranked, you know, nine and two. Yeah. Or, you know, just playing really good football. Would like to see them, you know, squeak into the to the top 25. But other than that, it's it's about what I thought it was going to be. The biggest thing, again, was just seeing OU at number five. Yeah, that's right. OU number five. You actually beat me to it. Well, let's go through the top uh, six because okay. that's that's the relevant ones, really. Alabama one, Clemson two, Notre Dame three. No surprises anywhere in there. Georgia four, OU five, Ohio State six. So, I mean, like you said, Ohio, um, Ohio State behind OU, which is big news for OU fans, and I'm so thrilled. Again, the College Football Playoff Committee chairman came out and said, basically, yeah, we know OU's defense is bad, but listen, they've they've passed a lot of tests, and that offense is that good that we feel good about putting them in this spot. And, and again, I think if Georgia loses to Alabama, even if they play them close, they're going to have a difficult time uh, you know, beating out OU. That's assuming OU can beat Texas and does. That's another top fifteen win for OU. Um, I I don't think that I don't think that's the reason Georgia's at four. I think the reason Georgia's at four is if OU and West Virginia were to lose, then West Virginia has an argument. Hey, put us at four, whatever. We'll play we'll play Bam again. Just put us in over over uh, UCF or Michigan in that case. Uh, Michigan coming in at seven. UCF at uh, eight. A, uh, at eight. So I think we'll see. Again, the biggest thing hinges on if OU. Basically, in my opinion, if 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 everything goes to plan, I think Bama will kill uh, Georgia. That's a 13-point spread. At least Vegas thinks it is for Bama. Yeah. So assuming Bama does that, everybody handles their business. OU gets in at four, uh, with, with Georgia falling to seven or eight. That's going to be their second loss. So. Um, I think we're going to be uh, on the next podcast talking potentially about OU in the playoff versus Bama and, and potential matchups we see. Yeah, I, I think so too. And, you know, the game to, to watch out for, Clemson's looked great, but they really haven't had a big letdown game where it's been, you know, really close throughout other than, you know, the Syracuse game, but but the quarterback was hurt. They need to watch out for Pitt just in the sense that that team's going to come out looking to ruin a season. You know, in, in these other championship games, Georgia and Alabama both stop something to play for. Northwestern really doesn't either um, against Ohio State. OU and Texas, that's just a rivalry, so you never know what's going to happen. And then, quite honestly, the Pac-12 is just irrelevant. <laughs> and and they haven't been relevant for what seems like years um, when it comes to the college football playoff because either all those teams are just super equal or or they're just – or, you know, all of them are good but not great – or all of them are average, but not good. It's just by by this time we're kind of done talking about them. So, I think I think Clemson needs to be wary of Clemsoning, which is a phrase you know it's it's <laughs> come up a lot, but not in the past years. But but I think other than that, I think it's going to come up pretty much chalk in that and that's going to happen. I think OU's going to squeak in at four, and, and like you said, we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Yeah, and I think you're right there, Chase. Uh, we're going to finish up football talks there. Hopefully, like you said, next week we're talking. OU Bama getting hyped for that. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcast, Oklahoma Sports Podcast on socials. Just give us a good search and uh, leave us a rating. Help share the page if you're if you're really down for that. We could use some of that. And uh, again, you guys listening is the reason why we're able to do this. We we really have fun and we're trying something a little different this time around with just the audio. Uh, but we're having fun with it. Yeah, having a good time, a little bit more relaxed. Just. Just soaking it all in. Really enjoyed it. 